Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. We'll be reading in Proverbs chapter 15. If you haven't found that already, please find your way there. Uh, in, a, in a moment, we will read that. But just, just to kind of throw out where we're going, why, why we're here this morning. Um, interesting to me, um, the message Josh preached last Sunday night, what Sunday school was about this morning, kind of the comments that already been made here, um, and, and really kind of something that we have talked about for years and years and years here at churches, but how do you follow the Spirit? I mean, Amanda asked that question, I thought, you know, very profound question. How do you follow the Spirit? How, how do you know what God wants you to do? Does anybody here want to know what God wants you to do? And, you know, Amanda said, you know, a lot of people say this happened, or, you know, a song came on the radio, or, you know, this, that, or the other happened, uh, but was that really God <laughs> or was that you, right? And so this is really important that we understand. And so it's important that we learn how to follow the Spirit. And I think we can all acknowledge a whole lot of what goes on in church is not following the Spirit. Um, but how many of you know everything going on at Sand Hill Church? We are dead in the water without the Holy Spirit. We, we have no hope. Listen, we're not smart enough to do this. We, we, it doesn't matter who we have or how great the preacher is or anything else. Without the Holy Spirit, we're not going to make it, right? And so we, we have to come to a place to understand how to utilize the Holy Spirit, how to um, follow the Holy Spirit. And if I'm just real honest, um, I, I really feel like um, I, I just need to come down and have repent before I even preach this message. But it's been very convicting to me. The things the Lord has spoke to my heart on has really been convicting to me uh, about following the Holy Spirit. So this has been on my heart, what I want to preach to you this morning. This has been on my heart for months and months and months. Just really feel like God's been dealing with it. I, I come across this verse here in Proverbs, and it was just like God said, see right there, it's in, it's in my word. So let's stand and honor God's word. Just going to read one verse of Scripture. <clears throat> uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Remind you that the wisest man who ever lived, aside from our Lord Jesus Christ, the wisest man that ever lived who had the wisdom of God wrote these verses. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. You can be seated. <clears throat> that very similar with a little different wording. If you know, if you're familiar with Proverbs, there's a whole lot of things repeated. He just words it a little different and brings it out in a, in a different way. But that, that same thought context idea is about four or five times in the book of Proverbs. But, but Solomon is saying here that without, without counsel, without advice, without others helping you understand, purposes will fail. What are purposes? What we want to do. So what we want to do here at church, uh, the ministry, the events, the, thing, the things that we do, they, they're not going to go forward without counsel. But then he says, 
than in a multitude of counsel when you have a lot of good counsel that 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 those purposes are established, they can go forward. And, and so I know it's a, it's a kind of a simple um, principle that is laid out here, because it's important. We need godly counsel. And this is really good advice for all of you that are here, every single person here. If you're going through things, uh, you know, when you go through things in life, often um, your emotions are all stirred and you got your own way of thinking and you have all these dilemmas. It's good to seek counsel. Amen. It's good to seek out people who who can give you advice, give you help, seek out godly counsel. A whole nother message. You don't have time to preach, but some people seek out bad counsel. But we need to seek out godly counsel. But but real clearly, just as a principle, Solomon lays out here the multitude of counsel is how we get get direction on going where God wants us to go. So why this message right now? Why this message right now? Because. I kind of fear that I'm going to preach this message and everyone's going to say, what does that have to do with anything? So I'm going to try to get you thinking with me. Um, there's a lot happening at Sand Hill, a lot of things going on, a lot of decisions need to be made. We, we put in two deacons. I thought it would be good to preach on leadership this morning. We, we set in two deacons this morning to help lead the church. We licensed uh, uh, Josh to preach the gospel. Uh, we, we are literally uh, uh, seeing the leadership formed before our very eyes at the Sand Hill Church, okay? But there's a lot going on. Um, last Sunday night I was here, um, I made a request and I said, I asked you guys to pray for me. I said, I don't have the ability to do that. Remember when I said that? I don't know what everybody thought about that, you know, whatever you thought about that. But I last Sunday, there was about four or five really major things hit me that, that you guys brought to me. And I, I, I thought, I don't have a clue what to do about those things, okay? Here's the thing, guys. This is so very important. This is the whole message. I need you guys to get this. It does not matter what Gary wants. And it does not matter what Terry wants or what Tom wants or Miguel or Brother Steve or Brother Kevin. It doesn't matter, guys. It matters what the Lord wants. And that's where we've got to get to as a church to move forward. Now, if you are a type A person, I always used to blame it on the Sorrells. The Sorrells are very hard-headed, but um, everybody can say amen. But, but type A people tend to think they're always right. And, and typically, if you're going to be a leader in a church, you're going to have a type A personality, which means a lot of you here have that personality. You know what type A people think? The way I see it, that's the only way there is to see it. I think that way, guys. I don't know about you, but I think that way. And, and so the way I see it is the only way there is to see it. That's wrong. That's wrong. There are other ways to see it. Do you know what smart people, I, I'm, I'm guessing that they didn't read Proverbs 15, 22, but whether you're a president of the United States, whether you're CEO of a company, whether you're starting out a business from scratch, you know what smart people do? They surround themselves with smart people because nobody knows everything. Are you guys with me? There, there, nobody knows everything. There's no president who's ever known everything. There's no CEO. There's no leader. There's no one who says, I know everything out in the Everyone surrounds themselves with smart people. And some people are intimidated uh, that they don't want someone smart. Like if I'm the, if I'm the pastor, I don't want someone smarter than me because then the, they'll start following him instead of following me. But I believe it was Abraham Lincoln that said he wanted to fill the room with people who were smarter than he was. 
You say, well, then you won't be the leader anymore. Yeah, you can still be the leader. You just have a whole lot of really smart people to help you do the job, right? And, and so we need to understand. But, but this, we're, we're trying to figure out how to follow the Spirit. So, <clears throat> again, let me give you some four instances. I was trying to think of things, because if I told you really what I'm thinking about, most of you would stop the message right now and you'd just dwell on it and you wouldn't think about anything else the rest of the message. So I don't want to do that, okay? But again, there are many, many things that need to be decided at church. So I'm trying to think of some things that are not controversial to church, but... 20 years ago, if you've been in church for 20 years, 20 years ago, almost any church that we would have had anything to do with, almost any Baptist church, almost every church, this was across the country, almost all churches said, contemporary music is of the devil. And anyone who lets contemporary music in a church is of the devil. And we'll never have contemporary music in our church. Right? That, that was the common thought that everybody had. Right? So then you fast forward to 2023 and almost every Baptist church has contemporary music. <laughs> almost everyone does. So did they all let the devil in? Did, did they all let the devil in? Did they all compromise what was right and let the devil in? Or did they all figure out they were wrong? Are you following me here? Amen. So what I'm getting at is we can be that same way. We can still be not allowing things to go on because we don't do that and we're not going to compromise. Or we could say, what does God want? I think Bessie said she remembered this. I don't really remember this, but I know that it, I've heard other people talk about it. But do you know there was a time in churches where sisters were not allowed to come to church if you didn't wear a hat? <laughs> you, weren't, you couldn't come in. If you don't have a hat, you can't come in. You can't go to church here if you don't have a hat. Because the 11th chapter of Corinthians says women's head must be covered. So that means you got to wear a hat to church. Now, when you start saying women don't have to wear hats at church, you are compromising and sinning against God, letting the devil in. Or are you figuring out you've been wrong <laughs> and you change? Do you guys, get the, you guys get where I'm going with this? I give you a whole bunch of examples, but I'm just trying to say there are decisions have to be made. And I'm sure there was a good old brother who loved Jesus years ago who said, I'll tell you one thing. I ain't never going to greet them sisters not wearing hats to church. I ain't letting the devil in here. Right? But was that guy right? And now that every church on the planet lets women come in without hats, I'm wondering if he's still saying, I was right and they were all wrong. Or did he figure out, you know what, maybe I had that wrong. Is anybody following me here this morning? Amen. Now, again, at San Diego Church, we have some of those very things. So here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Everybody, everybody tune in. If I've lost you, please tune back in. There are some very critical things right now at the San Diego Church we're trying to figure out. I, if I was to mention them right now, it, like I said, you'd, you'd quit listening to the rest of the message. But there's some very critical things we need to figure out. Here's what I know. 50 years from now, everybody's going to have it figured out. Every, it won't even be a question. Everybody will have it figured out. But today, we got to figure out what to do. And how are we going to do that? And, and, and that's, that's the question on the table. So if you follow any of that, I want, I want to think about leadership in the church. So real quickly, we've been over this. I'm not going to take a lot of time. Just real quickly, last last Sunday, if you were here, we made a pa we passed a rule that carnal things. If you're going to work on the building, if you're going to work on the facility, this is not spiritual. If you're going to work on carnal things, we're going to have it come through leadership, and then it's going to be talked about by the church and decided what to do and what to not do. And we said the reason for that is you may not want me and brother Tom and brother Terry deciding what color carpet goes in the sanctuary, right, sisters? 
right? We, we, well, that may not be the best way to handle that decision, right? So we're going to have it go. And that just is like, so what about spiritual decisions? So now we're not talking about painting the walls or putting down carpet. Now we're talking about spiritual decisions. How do we make those decisions? And I want to talk about three ways that I believe that have failed. Real quickly, we'll just get through these that, of leadership that have failed, Many, many churches were set up majority rules. I'm guessing some of you, I'm guessing some of you maybe don't even know this, but a lot of you that have been in church a long time know that's how churches were ruled, right? You have a business meeting. If you get 51%, whatever 51% says, that is the law of the land. And in many, many churches, that's how they run. So any decision we're going to decide, you know, we're going to have coffee and donuts in the sanctuary. 51% says yes, that's what we're doing, right? And 51% says, you know, whatever 51% says, that's what we're going to do. Brother Tom pointed this out to me as a deacon a long, long time ago. He said, but don't you then have carnal people ruling the church? Isn't that true? You have people who maybe aren't even close to God, who maybe haven't studied by. So, so right now at the Sandhill Church, and I praise God, I'm so thankful. For it. We have a whole bunch of people who have joined the church, and, and, and we have a lot of new people here, and a lot of people who haven't been saved a long time. But literally, and I don't really think you guys would do this, but literally today, if we were to take a vote, there are enough young Christians who could outvote all of the older Christians and have anything they want. Is that the best way to run a church? No, it's not. Okay. Because literally the law of the land was whatever the majority says, they will do it. Not only does it is carnal people in control, you can vote against God. Uh, but how many of you know that uh, if you've ever been around this type of church, uh, your friends influence you? Before you know it's coming up, the business meeting's coming up, you're, all your friends get together, we're all voting this way, what are you going to do? You're, gonna vote. you're not going to listen to God, you're not going to sense the Spirit, you're going to do what your friends say, right? Because that's what everybody at your table said to do. So that's how we run a church, that's not a good way to figure out what God's doing. And last but not least, if you've ever been around this type of a, 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 a church that is run by majority rules, how many of you know there's always power struggles? There's always power struggles. Right? You, you, we're fighting amongst ourselves. We're, we're candidating. We're getting our people to come out. We're, we're fighting back and forth. And, and, it's, and it's a very, very uh, um, carnal event. Guys, that's not following the Spirit. Are you guys following me? So that, 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 that's, not, that's not following the Spirit. So then we say, well, we're not going to have the congregation rule. We're going to have the pastor, uh, just the pastor rule. We're going to have him make the decisions. He's going to decide what God wants, what the Spirit wants, blah, 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 blah. So just for time's uh, time sake, let's just take off the table the bad pastor, the pastor who wants to manipulate people or do things you know, sinful or is in it for his own self. So let's just say we have a godly man who loves Jesus with all of his heart and his intentions are completely pure. He, he's just completely uh, all in for Jesus, just wants what's right. Okay? How many of you know, I love this church with everything that's in me. I love everybody here. There's nobody here I do not love. I want what is best for this church. I do not want what Gary wants. I want what God wants. But how many of you know, with all of that, as much as I love Jesus, as much as I love you, that I still have some preconceived notions? Because everybody's got them. 
There's nobody here that doesn't have them. Either what grandma taught me or what we used to do when I was a kid or what I heard some preacher say or, or what I've experienced in church. Something is, there's nobody here that does that. And listen, those of you that have not been raised in church, you have preconceived notions. And those of you that have been in church all your life, you have preconceived notions. And those of you raised in a different denomination, you have pre So we all bring that to the table. So if I am going to make the decisions on everything that happens around here, I will do my very best to be led by the Lord. I will be doing my very best to seek the Spirit. But the truth is, I could be wrong. Now, please don't raise your hand. I don't want to vote right now. But since I've been pastor, have I been wrong? <laughs> you didn't have to agree so fast and so easy. Have I made bad decisions? Have I done? Have I thought with all my heart God was leading me and God was not leading me? Have I said this is what we're going to do and that wasn't a good idea? Guys, what I'm saying is there's not a whole lot of protection there. Just like Solomon said, there's not a lot of protection there. You just hope your pastor gets it all right. You hope the devil didn't mess with him so much he's not thinking straight. You hope that he didn't get his wires crossed. You hope his emotions didn't get involved. You hope he's not fighting with his wife. You hope all these things happen so he makes the right decision for the entire church. And guys, that can go wrong real fast. You guys with me? So pastoral role is not, not, a, not a great way to run the church. You have a very single perspective. Now, I am guessing most of you don't understand why I preach this so much. But in a congregation where everybody here is from down south, everybody here was raised free will Baptist, and everyone's grandma had a bun on her head. <laughs> we don't have to have all these problems. Because we just do what everybody agrees on. Everybody just sees things. But when you have a church, when people coming from all different backgrounds and all different cultures and all different upbringings and, 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 and all these different things, now all of a sudden, not everybody sees it the same way. I listen to preachers. There's some preachers that I like, and I don't know if anybody will understand this, but there's some preachers that I like but their church is very obvious. It's, everyone is from the same background. So they can get up and dogmatically say, this is how it's going to be. And everyone there just shouts amen and everyone agrees. And you know why? Because there's nothing different there. Everybody's on the same, everybody's just from the same place. For whatever reason, that's not what God had burdened my heart to do. And that's not what we have here. Ev there's a very diversity in our church. So we got to figure out how to run this church. So lastly, let's look at elder rules. So now it's not the pastor, now it's not the majority. We're going to have a board. We're going to have Tom and Terry and me, Josh, run the church, make all the decisions. You know, I, believe, I have great confidence in those three brothers. I, I have great confidence in those brothers. I believe they love the Lord. I believe they love the congregation. I believe they wouldn't do anything to hurt the church. I believe they would do everything in their ability to, to make the right decisions. But is it possible that Josh and Tom and Terry could be wrong? And see, this is where I used to kind of be as a pastor. If I would go back, and I know I've done this to you guys, but if I would go back and I would talk to Tom and Terry and Josh and they would all say, that's a good idea, I'd come out here and say, Deacon said we can. Leadership agreed. Does that mean God did? <laughs> But I kind of hide behind that. I'm, 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 you know, I, I've, got, I've got the backing of the, of, the, of the deacons. I've got the backing of the leadership. I'm, I'm good to go. But the Lord began to deal with my heart. What if, what if I didn't say that's what I wanted? Now, I'm not going to repeat everything I just said, but is it possible that the four of us could be wrong? <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to ask you if we've been wrong before. Okay. 
But that's, that, does, that, that is not a cure-all for getting the right answer. Now, leaders can be out of touch. I believe that Tom and Terry love the Lord with all their heart. And please, this message is not, uh, uh, I, I so appreciate them and their key element of leading this church. And I can't even tell you how helpful they have been in so many things that we have done here. But is it possible that they don't know everything that's going on in this church? Is that possible? It is very, very possible. Something that I have dealt with ever since I've been a pastor is I will have one person come and talk to me and they'll say, everybody in the church is saying this. You know who's really saying it? The people they hang around with. And then another one will come to everybody in the church thinks this. No, you know who thinks that? The people you hang around with. So if so, so we can very easily be out of touch with the congregation, even though we're trying to seek the Lord with all of our hearts. <clears throat> there are prejudices we all bring to the table, and there are perspectives of how we see things. So I don't know if I'm making any sense to you guys, but I have the utmost respect for these, these brothers. But I know there are certain things that we could talk about in my office. And I already know ahead of time, all four of us would have exactly the same thought. This is what needs to be done. Does that always mean it's God? See, I, I'm, just, I'm trying to draw you a picture. We can be wrong thinking we're right. And we're making key element uh, decisions that, that can affect the future. We've got to figure out how to follow the Spirit. Now, it would be ideal, and we all say this, and we try this. We try to pray every time we do everything, and, and, and we do all we can to be led by the Lord. But it, it is ideal if all four of us hear from the Holy Spirit alone when make our decisions. Tom has this thing he does, which I think is really super cool. I don't guess there's anybody in the church who knows it. Brother Terry knows. But Tom has this thing he does where if we're going to, I try to stay out of the money. So if they're giving money away, I, I try to just stay out of that. And, and so Tom has this thing where he'll pray about it. He'll try to let the Lord give him that number, what, what that number is as far as the amount of, of money we give away. And we won't tell anybody. And then when we come back together, uh, we'll, we'll put the numbers together and we'll, and, and so if the Lord has spoken to me or, to, or Brother Terry to on what we're supposed to do, we'll see if those m numbers match. You'd be amazed how many times those numbers come back exactly the same. And that kind of verifies it isn't time, it's the Holy Spirit. You guys follow me? So I think if we get that, that concept into the running of the church, I, I think that that will be of great benefit. So let's move on, trying to understand this. I don't know if I'm making any sense or I'm losing you guys. <clears throat> Trying to figure out how to follow the Spirit. And, and I don't know if anybody's following me this morning, but this is a huge thing. We said this morning with the ordination and the license, it was a huge step forward in church. This right here is a huge step in the church. This is a huge change in the church if we can understand how to do this. And we talked a few weeks back about starting a new church. How many of you think if we're going to start another church, we might need some help from the Holy Spirit? <laughs> how many of you think Gary should just be in charge of that? <laughs> Nobody thinks Gary should be in charge of that, right? We need the Holy Spirit. But how many of you know the Holy Spirit knows exactly what we're supposed to do? And that's what I'm trying to get to is we need to follow the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so building a leadership team. I know I got to go fast. So you guys, please try to keep up. And please try to pay attention. <clears throat> Mature men and women. I am not looking for. So here's a lot of the way times what used to be. I've been here a long time. I need to be part of the leadership. No, you don't. If you've been here for longer than anybody, you still don't need to be a part of leadership. 
You know, um, there's all kinds of reasons, but you know why you need to be a part of leadership? is because you are close to God, because you love Jesus, because you're mature. And, and, and guys, I, I, don't, I don't really understand why, but most churches don't do it this way. Most churches, they're just looking for who, who's been here the longest or whatever seniority. I don't know where seniority comes into that. Do you love Jesus? Are you hearing from the Spirit? Are you following God? That's who we want running the church. We don't want who's been here the longest. We want who's, who's following God. So we're building a leadership team. We need, we need mature men and women. Uh, this is not for immature, shallow people. Uh, uh, again, we're, we'll get into all kinds of trouble with that. <clears throat> Men and women who know the Bible and can hear from God. Does that sound like a good idea? Men and women who know God and know the Bible. And it may throw some of you off. And maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about instilling elders. I'm talking about people who can help us understand what God wants. But. There is a perspective to be gained by having a multitude of counselors, to have having, having multiple people inputting in, uh, in what we're doing. <clears throat> so we have to love the Lord and love the church. We need a close walk with God. I've got this in my notes. I want you to hear me say this very, very clear. I'm not here to hurt feelings. I'm here to be clear. We need a close walk with God. In my notes, it says, not what you say, but what is evident. We've all heard that person stand up for 15 minutes and tell us how much they love Jesus, and then they don't come back to church half the time. They live very ungodly. They're not interested. Listen, we don't care how much you say you love Jesus. Do you love Jesus? And I've said it so many times, we can tell if you love Jesus. We know if you love Jesus. We know if he's your life. We know if he's your everything. We know if he means everything to you. We know if more important than anything else is pleasing Jesus. We know that. That's the kind of people we're looking for. And so it isn't what you say, it is what is evident. <clears throat> Wanting what is best for the church and not what you want. And I don't know how to drive that home. I'll repeat it 10 times. I don't know what it is. But guys, I've come to a place where a lot of things I want aren't what God wants. And if we want leadership, they have to be able to set aside what they want for what God wants, because those could be two very, very different things. <clears throat> Take seriously the weight of decisions. Again, how to drive this home strongly, but there is an accountability to God. I've told the brother so many times, I've sat back here and I've said, this is God's money. We are spending God's money. We better take that serious. When you say we're going to give this money away, we're going to do this with the debit, we are spending God's money and we will give an account to God for doing it. So we ought to take that serious. We ought to just flippantly make that decision. We ought to say very seriously, this is what God, and just as seriously as that is how we run the church and policies in the church and things we do and rules we make. Those are, we are accountable to God. And I want you to understand this. The decisions could impact eternity. Does anybody see what I'm saying? You could make a decision that could send someone to hell or help someone get to heaven. If you don't take that serious, you need to come pray. This is serious. This is serious stuff that we will be accountable to God for the decisions we make. There's a great weight of, of the burden of making these decisions, uh, and there are souls in the balance. I want you to get this. We ought to seek the unity on the team. How do we do that? We have a humble attitude. If, 
if we're making decisions and someone else disagrees with me, I need to humble myself down and make sure that I'm hearing from God. Instead of just getting mad at that brother or sister who has a different idea than me. We have to have unity on the team. <clears throat> Realize God will bring unity. Now, I, I maybe you guys can write me a connect card and explain this to me. And maybe I'm just dreaming because I have not seen this in my in my Christianity much at all. But am I just having a fantasy here to think that we could assemble a team from, from all across this congregation and that the Holy Spirit could give everybody the same answer? Is that possible? Listen, guys, we're talking about following the Spirit. We're talking about leading by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about being in tune with God. And here's what I know. Whether there's four of us, whether there's ten of us, whatever the count may be, if we are all hearing from God, we all get the same answer. And when we're fighting amongst ourselves, and I won't give in to them, and I won't listen to them, and, and all these things going on, somebody is not listening to the Spirit. Right? So we, we ought to be able to come into unity with one another. And we need to put this in big, bold letters somewhere. The book of Proverbs says, contention comes only from pride. Think about that next time we're fighting with each other. Somebody has got some pride, right? If we're butting heads and, and, and we're fighting, there's, there's some pride going on here. <clears throat> so seeking divine direction. Serious prayer. I don't know if anybody wants to admit this or not, but it is hard to empty out all of your will and just allow God to do whatever he wants. That's kind of what we've been learning here for three or four years, Right. And we all say we want to do it, but can you earnestly pray and say, God, all of what I've always done, all of what I've always thought, I just empty that out, and I genuinely pray, will you give me an answer? Remember that type A person I talked about a minute ago that, that many of you are? And probably the type A's are the ones who are going to want to be in leadership, right? Has anybody ever had this thought? I'm just going to admit to you because I, I know that some of you already do this. But any of you already had, ever had this thought, well, I'm going to pray about such and such, but I know what God's going to say because <laughs> he's going to agree with me, obviously. Right? So before you get down on your knees, you already know there's no possible way God's going to disagree with you because you know you are right. Guys, that's not going to get the job done. Is anybody following me this morning? That's not going to get the job done. God won't disagree with me because I'm right. Well, maybe we ought to let God be God and not you. How's that? We're going to ask for direction. We're going to plead for an answer. And uh, God could disagree with you. Can I just hear an amen from everybody? God could disagree with you. Well, this is how we've always done it. This is how it's always been. This is what grandma believed. This is what she, doesn't really matter. What does God say? What's God say? And I think we need to do that. The fear of self-interfering. There ought to be a fear, and I guess that's sort of what this message is about. As much as I love this church, as much as I try to follow the Spirit, and as much as I do everything I possibly can to, to do exactly what God wants to do with the church, I still fear that some of Gary might slip through. I still fear that myself, my flesh, my 
whatever may come through and I might hurt this church because of some of what myself wants, my flesh wants, my, my, uh, my sinful side wants. So we need to fear that, uh, that we, will, we could maybe make a bad decision because of our flesh. <clears throat> Able to set aside what you want. I don't know how to drive this home. I don't want to just keep repeating myself, but I don't know how to drive this home. But, but guys, listen, and, and this goes for the deacons. This goes for everybody that is here. This goes for anybody that wants to be on leadership. This goes for everybody. If you can't set aside what you want and seek the Spirit, I don't want you on this team. Are you following me? Amen. What you want doesn't matter. What we've always done doesn't matter. What you think is right does not matter. What grandma taught you does not matter. You know what matters? What the Holy Spirit tells us. That's what matters. And guys, if we can get to that place, I believe we can do phenomenal things in, in our church. <clears throat> All listening to the Spirit, we should share the same direction. Does that just make sense to everybody? We're going we're gonna to build, build a new church in Bellevue, and we have a plot picked out. And half of us think it's a great idea and half of us think it's a horrible idea. Somebody's not listening to the Spirit. It's just that simple. Because the Spirit's not confused. <laughs> the, Spirit, the Spirit knows what it wants us to do and it will tell us the same thing. <clears throat> so I, I hope that you guys agree with this. So let's look at putting this into motion just a little bit. I, I, I'm probably like some of the other messages, I'm probably making more questions than I am answers this morning. Bring all the diversity together. We have people here who've never been in church before at all. We have people here who've been from all different denominations. We have people from up north and down south, people who have all kinds of different, people who have been taught some very bad doctrine, people who've been taught all kinds of things, and some people raised for real Baptists that are all messed up too. Okay, that's what we have here at this church. How are we going to understand what God wants? I don't know if it's making sense to anybody, but we need to bring all the diversity together. Guys, listen, isn't that the picture we see in the church? Do you realize we're studying the book of Acts? They were bringing pagans who had been worshiping idols and Gentiles and, and people doing all kinds of horrible, evil wickedness and Jews who were all caught up in the law of Moses and all that. And they were bringing all of them together under one roof. And they said, now let's all worship God and get along. That's the church. And a lot today are saying, and I fully agree with this, the evidence that we have to the world. How many of you know that if we take God out of it and we're going to start a bar in Castilla, all of us aren't going to be there together? Because we wouldn't want to be around each other. Because we're different from each other. You're going to seek out people who are just like you. So the world can't do this, and the world has no way of doing this, but we ought to be able to bring in people from all different cultures and all different backgrounds and all different ages and everything else, bring them all together, and we all love each other and get along. That is the church. we got to figure out how to do that, guys. And just your way is not going to make that happen. But the Spirit's way can make that happen for everybody. Now, I don't know if I looks on some of your faces, you're not following me. Let me try and give you this. If we have people who are following the Lord and it becomes evident that they are following the Lord and they're making decisions that the spirit is bearing witness to. I wonder if some of the people who are not in leadership would start to say, I believe the spirit's in this. Maybe we should follow. Am I making sense? Does that make sense? You're not on the leadership team. You can just see it's evident the spirit is on the leadership team and the spirit is saying go and you love Jesus. So you say we better go. 
Because we're all supposed to be following the Spirit. Is that making sense to anybody? So, we got to bring diversity together. Sensing God's leading on the future. Now, I'm not going to try and go through all the different things, but I do think we've come to a place where we've got some decisions to make. I don't know if everybody knows this, but we spend thousands and thousands of dollars at Castellia every year. Thousands of dollars, right? It, can I tell you, if that's what God wants, we ought to double that. But someone needs to decide, is that what the Spirit wants? You guys know what goes into NOIC and OCC. What I'm saying is it doesn't matter what Josh wants. It doesn't matter what Renee wants. It doesn't matter what Miguel wants. It doesn't matter what anybody wants. What does God want? What is God saying? And I preached this last week, but if God is saying you need to triple what you're spending in Castilla, we don't worry about that. That's not a problem. We spend that triple because there is enough. If God says we need to double the size of NOYC after all of you pass out, we're, we're going to do that because it's not going to be a problem because God can do it. I'm just saying if we follow the Spirit, everything's going to be all right. But if we're making decisions in ourselves, we're going to have a mess. Okay? And so we need to really, really understand that. <clears throat> Pleading for the supernatural intervention for the church. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you guys a little history lesson. And this was like a baseball bat across my head this week. Um, we're going we're gonna to have a little, um, I'm assuming if you go to school now, you, they don't teach us in school, and, you, and probably this is going to be all new to you. Um, I was, I, I hear that they took this out of school, and I got to realize, and they taught me this in school, and I'm thinking, I must be old, <laughs> because they taught me this in school. Terry Wilma actually gave me this, but I read this book this week. Terry Wilma actually gave me this, but I'll give you guys a little history lesson. Uh, this is documented. This isn't Gary's opinion. It's just they don't teach it in school. They're trying to take this away from us. But I really want you guys to pay attention to this. American Revolution. Anybody ever heard of it? American Revolution. Ever heard of that? Okay. So there was, there was a few, just a handful of people, actually congregation came over uh, uh, here. And, and just a handful of people came over because they wanted to have freedom. And they came over here. And they, for a while they tried to, you know, be under Britain and, and everything. And they couldn't get along. But long story short, this, this ragtag army that didn't have finances or manpower decided we're going to fight the strongest military might on the planet, which was Great Britain. And at that time, Great Britain was an empire and it was the strongest military on the planet. No one could stand against them. They, they were the strongest of all. And Great Britain, with all of its, all of its power and king, the fifth or whatever it was, one of those king uh, Georges, the, the, he, he made this decree, we're going to go over and crush the colonies with all the power of Britain. And the colonists said, no, we're not going to bow. Now, if you understand the picture I'm trying to draw, it reminded me of Israel, but you've got a handful of guys that didn't even have decent ammunition or supplies fighting the greatest military might there is. Can I just tell you, I would love to tell you all the details, but I'll bore you guys to death. Can I tell you? News, we won. <laughs> we won. We won. 
And there's a story, there's one story that they told where, where they looked out and, and, and uh, Britain had decided to crush America and they sent across, of course, back then you didn't have radios or, or you know, radar and all the things that we have now. So they're just kind of sitting there in the woods with a musket and all of a sudden there were hundreds of ships that showed up with cannons and guns and thousands of soldiers all showed up and there's a ragtag team of, uh, of, of soldiers there from America and guess what? We won. We won. Okay? That's a fascinating story. But as fascinating as that is, here's what really happened. Here's what really happened. Those men were Christians. Those men believed in God. Those men had a hundred guys going out to fight 5,000 guys, and their guys didn't have any bullets, and they said, we're going to need some help. So they got down on their knees and they prayed for intervention and time after time after time after time, God inter, uh, supernaturally intervened and crushed Britain and the colonies won. Now that's an awesome story. That's not the story I want to tell you, but that's an awesome story. Okay. So now they beat Great Britain. Great Britain pulls back, says, okay, they're not going to submit. They write the Declaration of Independence. They say, basically, we will no longer serve Great Britain. We will stand on our own two feet. Still poor, still don't have any people, still have nothing. Okay? But they won the battle because of God. And they all came together and said, we need a constitution. And it reminded me of a Baptist business meeting, but they all come together and they fought and they bickered and they quarreled and they all had their view and they went back and forth and back and forth and fought and fought and fought and fought. And they said, we beat Great Britain and we can't come together on how to run this country. And Benjamin Franklin stepped up and this is what he said. This is all recorded. This is all history. We have his letter. And this is what he said. Has it ever occurred to any of you guys that we ought to seek God's help because we're just standing here fighting with each other. And right then, all of the, all of the, uh, uh, the representatives that were up there at that time, they all went home and fasted for three days and sought God's face and repented for leaving him out and said, God, would you give us direction on what you want us to do? And they came back in the next five days, there was no arguing, there was no fighting, and they wrote the Constitution. Why can't we do that? Why can't we do that? Why can't we as a congregation come together and instead of fighting with each other and getting mad and I didn't get my way and that's how we've always done it and say, what does the Spirit of God want? And God, I am sorry for not listening to you and whatever you show us, we will do it. And we go forward following the Holy Spirit. You know, I said when I started, I don't lead this church. You guys understand that? I don't lead this church. The Holy Spirit has to lead this church. And I want to make sure I'm not getting my wires crossed. So I want other people to be listening to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has to lead us where we go. And I'm just trying to preach this morning. This whole entire congregation who I believe loves Jesus, we ought to all be on the same page. Can I get an Amen. We ought to be on the same page. We ought to hear the Holy Spirit and agree. It, it isn't the Sorrel way. It isn't a certain person's way. It isn't how grandma did. It isn't how I, it is what the Holy Spirit says. And we all ought to say, amen, I'm on board.
We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.